0: it's always great to be back and at Balboa. Come with me in your Bibles to Genesis 26. Uh, I feel like I, I kind of got through in eight eight thirty, but this is this is always the the real test. Uh, title of this message is "The Water of Warfare." The Water of Warfare. The Water of Warfare. Genesis 26. It'll all make sense in a moment. Genesis 26, verse twelve, uh, says, "Then Isaac sowed in that land." Just the context is that land was in a in a famine. There was a severe famine, like a previous famine. So they literally had a recession. Thought they came out, and then bam, another recession hit. And the Bible said Isaac gave thought of going down to Egypt, and goes like, "Where whoa, 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 are you off to?" Oh, I just thought I'd go. No, no, no. Get back. Unpack your stuff. You sow in this land, but there's a famine in the land. You're better off with God in a famine. Than without God in Egypt. And what that means is that God's word works, period. What that means is that God's word doesn't only work in favorable conditions. I remember when the 2008 recession hit, the GFC, the, the global financial crisis, I had a very smug, and part of, part of my journey is for whatever reason, you know. I think I'm likable, but there's a lot of pastors that don't like me. And so it just happens. I don't know what it is. It's David. It's a Davidic anointing, but I won't get into that. Anyway, and so, so this guy says to me, he says, Well, now to the 2008, I bet you're not preaching that, that faith around giving anymore. <laughs> and I said, I said, Oh, actually, if anything, I've doubled down. He's like, What? Because you can put people losing their business and their jobs. I said, Exactly. I said, so if anybody needs to hear the word of God, if anybody needs to to be dependent, right in a famine, man, when it's not a famine, knock yourself out. You, everyone's. Flourishing, But in a time of crisis, in a time of famine, run to the Lord so that you're under an economy. God says, when you bring the tithe, he doesn't say, I'll bless the ground. The, gr- the ground was cursed. God says, when you bring the tithe, I'll open the windows of heaven. You know who doesn't have access to heaven? The IRS. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Those greedy, corrupt swamp dwellers in Washington, D.C. haven't figured out. How to tax heaven. God says, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing. There's no room enough to receive it. When you honor God, the Bible says God honors those who honor him. So, So Isaac sows in that land. He says, all right, God, it's a famine. But you know what? I'm going to be obedient to you. Obedience opens doors. Obedience is the hinges that opens the doors of heaven. The treasuries of heaven are unlocked with obedience. So the Bible says, So Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. It doesn't say in the Lord blessed him, he reaped a hundredfold. He reaped a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. And then verse 13. I love verse 13. If I was honest with you, I could have started this, this uh this Bible reading a little further down, but as I was reading through, I thought, no, no, it's important. Yeah. Verse 13, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. God put that verse in the, in the Bible just to mess with the anti-prosperity people. Gabriel, I want to put a verse in the Bible, but I want I wanted I want to be, be described. I want three different adjectives. <laughs> what have you got? Well, what about he began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very... I love it. Put it in. I don't believe that God wants to prosper. Well, it's in the Bible, darling. The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous for he had great possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. So the Philistines envied him. Did you know, did you know, did you know that one of the Hebrew translations of the word blessed means to be envied? When Jesus said, anyone who's left houses, lands, fathers, mothers, brothers, for my sake will not fail to receive 100 times as much in this life with persecutions the reason the persecutions is is because you will be envied you'll be envied god wants to bless you but understand that the price of the blessing is the sons of the evil one the sons of cain will envy you the first murder in the bible and the reason it's in the bible is to tell you the spirit's (laughs) that you're dealing with. I know I know Cain is no longer, but Jezebel is no longer, yet she seems to keep turning up in church. She keeps turning up. The spirit of the world is the spirit of Cain. Cain brings an offering of the fruit of the ground and God rejects it. Abel looks at, his produce, looks at everything and realizes the only way I can have right standing with God is there's nothing that I can do in human effort to get. So I've got to bring an innocent lamb and its blood has to be shed because I realize unless something innocent wipes out my transgressions, I have no. And the Bible says the Lord respected Abel and his offering and the Lord blessed Abel. The blessing of God came upon Abel and Cain who brought his vegetables from the ground and brought his fruits from the ground, God rejected his offering and then Cain gets angry, Cain gets envious of Abel and and God says to Cain, he says, well what's what's with the ticked off look? Why are you all tweaked by your brother? If you do what is right will you not also be accepted? So instead of Cain in that moment doing what's right instead of him honouring God, instead of him living by the word of God, no, 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 no no, (laughs) no, no it's much easier to lure Cain out into the field and kill him in the field. That's the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world wants to lure those. It doesn't want to do the blessing. We've got one, one pastor who preaches every, every Sunday. And, 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 and the campus pastor of Awakened Church from San Marcos drives a Maserati. What we teach here is never judge somebody's harvest unless you know the years that they sowed in tears. Just so you know, every single, every single one of our campus pastors are not just a campus pastor. They also have a marketplace business, they have a marketplace engagement. We, we want our people blessed to be a blessing. Can I just tell you, if you, if you think that you should just have one income, you're not very wise. You've been trained by the world and, you know, God bless you. You've been trained by university and college that you should just work for one firm your whole life. But I, I found that my bills go out in different directions. I found that I've got to pay the grocery bill. I've got to pay this bill. I've got to pay that bill, power bill. I gotta pay, my bills go out in different ways. Why, why would you only have one stream of income when you have multiple outlets? Why not have multiple streams of income? I don't like this guy. Why is he talking about? And so it's just, I'm just talk, talking Bible. I'm just telling you Bible. So, 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 so Isaac, Isaac is blessed and the Philistines envied him. The next thing the Philistines do is they stop up the wells. They stop up the wells. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells, verse 15, which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they filled them with the earth. Why did they fill up the wells? They filled up the wells because they know that the blessing of God, because he has, he has herds, he has cattle, he has livestock, he has crops. He knows that, that all the herds and all the livestock and all the crops, the blessing of God will die if you can't water it. The warfare throughout history has been around water rights. It's still there today. I'm not sure whether you realize this, but Singapore does not have access to, to water. So, Singapore had in 1962 entered into an agreement with Malaysia. They get 250 million gallons of water a day from Malaysia in, in exchange for Singapore pays a very, very heavy tax to Malaysia. Malaysia was dirt poor. Singapore, one of the most prosperous nations in the earth. But, but Malaysia has been able to elevate because of Singapore. It, the only reason that nation can exist is because it gets its water from Malaysia. In nomadic times, the tribes and villages were all built around water because without water, you don't have crops. If you don't have crops, if you don't have livestock, if you don't have cattle, you will be the next to die. And so they realize if I can feed my crops, if I can feed my cattle, if I can feed my herds and my flocks, well, then we can thrive. We can live. It's always been around water. So the enemy attacks and fills in the wells that were dug in the days of Abraham because it's jealous. And do the Philistines want to repent? Do the Philistines? want to turn. No, they don't want to do what is right with God. They just want to attack. That's why when, when people attack me, I, if I was honest with you, it actually, it's fuel. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, I'm on the right path. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you. Thank you. So watch this. Watch this. Um. They filled them with the earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines, watch this, had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. Watch what Isaac does. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. So they not only filled them in, but they changed the names. The devil wants to shut off the flow of blessing in your life. He wants to shut off the flow of blessing in the church. He wants to shut off the flow of the anointing of the church. He wants to shut off the flow of the influence in the church. In the 2020 lockdowns, all of a sudden the church was deemed non-essential. Well, well, hang on, what? The, ch- the church was non-essential. Oh, no, no, no. We, we, we've, we've, we've got a We've got a virus. That came out of a, a wet market. No, no, it didn't come out of Wuhan. It didn't. Don't 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 look behind the curtain. Don't look. No, no, it's not. And so we got to shut everything down. Well, well. In, in I'm not sure if you realise, but there were more people struggling with suicide and. Depression and anxiety and hopelessness and fear and and uh, I was talking to, to one of our team yesterday. Since 2020, we've had over 650 people go through our recovery programs because it just went through the roof. Because man does not do good with isolation and separation. And absolutely, we want to take care of people physically, but man is not just a physical being; he's also a spiritual being, an emotional being, a social being. And we need to take care of those elements. We need to take care of those elements and. The church. And so they, they began to cut off the flow that you can't have, you know, church. And, and then they wanted to cut off the flow of praise that you can't sing in church. So we just said, you know what? Uh, actually, Second Amendment. Yeah. First Amendment, excuse me. The Second Amendment protects the first. The First Amendment. <laughs> the First Amendment says you shall make no law. You shall make no establishing or prohibiting. And right now this looks like prohibiting. So guess what? You can blow it out your shorts. We're going to start meeting and we're going to be praising because right now people need to sing the praises of God because God inhabits the praise of his people. So we can bring some breakthrough up in this house because people need breakthrough. People need miracles. And then it says that he had to rename them what his daddy named them. Because the, the enemy's not just content with stopping the flow. He wants to change the history. He wants to rewrite the history. He wants to control the history. We live in an age right now where for the last 40 years, they've made sure that, that our, our students don't learn the Constitution. They don't learn the values of the founding fathers. George Washington said that, A religious and virtuous people is essential to any thriving republic or democracy. John Adams says that the Constitution is made holy for a religious people. Abraham Lincoln says the the book that undergirds all of society and health is the Bible. But they don't want you to believe that. They want to rewrite history. They want to rename history. Why is that? Because whoever controls your history holds your identity. If you talk to anybody who works on the border or anybody who is in law enforcement that deals with human trafficking, the first thing that a trafficker does is make sure that whatever identification this person has, that they will take from the young ladies, they will take their passports, they will take their driver's license, they would take their IDs, because they know that if they can hold their history, they control their destiny. The enemy has come in trying to rewrite our history. Isaac says, let me tell you, Philistines, let me tell you, you're not writing the history of the land. I know Abraham, and he built wells of blessing, wells of increase, wells that the Lord is good, and you're trying to change that? Well, I'm going to rename them everything that he says, that God is good, that God is great, that God is a provider, that God is a God of blessing. You know what our assignment is? Our assignment is to push back on the lies of the evil one and bring the truth. Somebody say amen. So then it says, it says that uh, after, he, after he, he did that, uh, down in, in uh, verse 18, dug again the wells of water. Philistine stopped them up. He called them by the name. Verse 19. Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called it the well of Essek, because they quarreled with him. And literally, Essek means quarrel or contention. Then they dug another well. And they quarreled over that one also, and he calls this name Sitna. Sitna means hostility or accusation. But he didn't get discouraged. So he's dug two wells and both of them contention and both of them accusation and hostility. Sometimes you've got to push through. One of the saddest things that we saw is uh, so, many, so many churches, so many leaders, so many pastors pull back because of, listen, I'm not looking to be accepted by the world. Not looking to be accepted by the way. Let me just explain something. Very important. Theo- just basic theology, but unfortunately it's not taught anywhere, but it's basic theology. Sin came into the world through Adam. Sin came into the world through Adam. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Paul said, Jesus came to save sinners of whom I am chief. I've, I've competed with Paul trying to get that chief position on numerous occasions and but I'm not going to argue with him. But uh, all have sinned so all of us are in that that category so all have sinned jesus came to save sinners sin came into the world through adam however the world also has evil and the world so the world also has wickedness evil and wickedness did not come from adam sin came from adam sin makes us susceptible evil and wickedness but evil and wickedness comes from another source Jesus calls the devil the evil one He's the evil one because Jesus is trying to get us to locate the source of evil and wickedness in the earth. The evil and the wickedness that we see in the earth belies human understanding. If you study the Holocaust, what, what, what they did to the Jewish people, the experiments that they did on little children, you will recognize that this goes beyond sin. This was an evil. This was a wickedness. It is satanic in its origin. Evil and wickedness came from the angels who rebelled from heaven and were cast into the earth. So I say all of that to say this, that we are here to reach sinners, but we are here to resist evil. We are here to bring transformation to sinners, but we're here to overcome and pull down evil. I don't understand why you guys engage in politics. Let me explain it. It's because we recognize that when the wicked are in authority, the people groan, but when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. We recognize that there are evil forces That seek to locate themselves in seats of power. And our job in the earth is to represent the kingdom of God and pull down the wicked, resist evil so the righteousness can flourish. Where righteousness is, peace and justice is. You will not find peace and justice where wickedness thrives. So they dig a third well. And this time it's called, they call it Rehoboth, which means broad place, expansive and saying, God has made room for us. And now we shall be fruitful in this land. We shall be fruitful in this land. Uh, In 2015, we'd been going 10 years and I felt God say every January we do a fast and I I felt Him say this year, I want you to do a 40 day fast, um, get the whole church to do a 40 day fast because this year your assignment, is to dig three wells, Linda. We had to dig three wells. And I'm like, you you want us to physically dig? He's like, no, no, in the spirit, in the spirit. And he gave me this this chapter here, Genesis 26. And I said, how do we do that? He says, you know, prayer and fasting unlocks things. He says, the Philistines want to to fill up the the, the flow. They want to fill up the springs. They want to fill up. He says, "But, but your assignment is to unblock what the enemy has stopped up. He told me that in 1906 right here in Azusa, uh, in 1906 the Azusa Street Revival a beautiful black man with, with who had lost sight in one eye yet his name was Willie Seymour <laughs> It's a true story he started a prayer meeting That prayer meeting, God visited that prayer meeting. It was so powerful, people began to fall out under the power of God and began to speak in tongues. So much so that that over the next year, hundreds of thousands of people came from all over the world to the Azusa Street Revival, where they had an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. That's here in California. Then in the 1960s, in the 1960s, there was a charismatic renewal that moved through where charismatic, it doesn't mean great personality or flamboyant. Charismatic comes from the, the Greek word charismata. Charismata means gifting, where the gifts of the spirit began to flow again. There'd be a stopper. We, we'd moved into head. We'd moved into teaching. And God's like, you know what? Enough of the teaching. People need an encounter with power. You know, you, you, pe- if people walk in with cancer, they need a power encounter. If people walk in with depression, they need a power encounter. If people walk in broken down, hope that they need a power encounter. If people walk in oppressed by the devil, they need a power encounter. And so the gifts began to flow. And then we saw the 70s was the Jesus movement. And then the 80s, we began to see the flow of healings and miracles, healings and miracles. Benny Hinn, T.L. Osborne, all these great healing miracles. And God says, these are the wells that were dug in California. And when I sent you to San Diego, that's the inheritance, that's the heritage, but the enemy has stopped them up. He says, so what you're going to do, is you're going to do a 40-day fast and you're going to begin to dig again the wells of Abraham because there's going to be three flows in your house. Three flows. And I said, what are the three flows? He says, people are going to come into this house and then they go from barren to fruitful. The amount of miracle babies that we've had. The amount of miracle babies that we've had where people have had the diagnosis that they're barren. And let me tell you, it's not because... Man, that guy is so smart. It's, it's, it's not like I'm not, I'm not this smart. I'm not, I'm just, I just like being obedient. Amen. So I'm just holding on to Jesus and not letting go because, man, this is awesome. <laughs> Jesus, you know, sometimes they think this is me, I, but it's you. No, I'll, I'll remind them every week, but people just, Oh, that's what they like. It's, okay, yeah. And so I'm not this smart. It's him. It's him. So this is what I know. I know when people come in, people come in with needs. We have a city with needs. We don't have Jurgen ministries.com because no one could spell it. <laughs> <laughs> but we also don't have it because... This ministry is never meant to be built on a person or a personality other than Jesus Christ, other than Yeshua ben Elohim. That's the, that's the only one. And so, so I know when people come in, they come into a house where I need you to understand there's a flow. Let, let me give you a couple of scriptures just in case you think I'm talking, I, I think this guy's making stuff up. Go, to, go with me to Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47, verse 1 says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the front of the temple faced east and the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple to the south of the altar. Then quickly go down to verse seven, go down to verse seven. We don't have time to read it all. Verse seven. Uh, when I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves. Anybody here living and moving? All right, every living thing. That Every? Does that include? All right, every living thing. It'll be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go, Will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that the fishermen will stand by it from Engeri to En and they will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be the same kinds of the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many, but the swamps and the marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to Sold along the bank of the river on this side and on that side will grow all kinds. Kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because the water flows from their sanctuary. The fruit will be for food and the leaves will be for medicine. And so I need you to understand that there's a flow. Revelation 22, verse 1. Revelation 22 verse 1 is the last chapter of the Bible, has God seated on the throne. And Revelation 22 verse 1 says that from under the throne of God, a river flows and it's a river of life. I say all of that to say this, that even though, even though the church is in a location, we are not, we, we, we're not located to a building. The church is more than, we meet in a location, but it's not a location. Oh, there's the church. Yes, that's where we're low, but it's more than a location. The church is not an organization, even though, you know, we, we want to be organized. We, we want to make sure that we're organized. Our men's conferences, our women's conference, our youth programs, our outreach, everything. We, we want to be organized, but don't don't ever reduce the church to an organization. The church is a living organism. The church is the body of Christ. The church the church is a place where God has a flow in the earth, and that flow is a flow of life. That flow is a flow of healing. That flow is a flow of miracles. And so God says, I want you to, to, to redig the wells. I want you to redig the wells. The first well was from barren to fruitful. It's God's favorite miracle in the Bible. He continually turns a barren womb fruitful. Because God is a God that brings life where there's death. He's a resurrection God. He's a new life God. When everybody else has written you off, when everybody else has given up on you, when it looks barren, when it looks hopeless, when it looks, there's a song in the house, sing, O barren, because you're about to break forth. You're about to break through. You're about to have more children than her who was with husband. There's a breakthrough in the house. People, when they get the bread, that's what God does. That's what God does. Second one was healing and miracles. I tell you what's interesting, Pastor John, when we came to San Diego, they said, oh, you need to understand that the real estate is very expensive in San Diego because San Diego is is uh, one of the, the highest concentrations of medical clinics and medical facilities. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't give me a huh back then. But as I begin to look at this and see what God is doing, the devil is always a, a, a great... Thief and a counterfeiter. So he he will always establish in the natural what really is the inheritance in the spiritual. So San Diego, a lot of people come here for operations. A lot of people come here for... And God bless all of those things. Like we love doctors. We love nurses. God bless them. God bless them. But the greatest physician, Yeshua, Ben Elohim. He's still the greatest. And so we know that, man, there's a reason the enemy's trying... Because he's trying to redirect so that we put our trust in the technology of men rather than the power of god and so one of the flows here is healings and miracles the amount of healings and miracles god god gave me a a catchphrase. he says your job your assignment is to terminate terminal terminate terminal well you know where's that in the bible glad you asked glad you asked first fifth first corinthians 15 55 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says, Where, O death, is your sting? Where, O death, is your victory? Jesus took the sting of death and took out the victory of death. Death has been terminated. Literally, Jesus, when he rose again on the third day, said, You've been terminated. That's what he said to death. He said it to the devil. He said it to death. He terminated terminal. So people walk in here, and they've had terminal terminal uh, diagnoses. Am I right, Nicole? They've had terminal diagnoses. They've, they've been given death sentences from doctors, but they walk into a house where it's not just a sermonette. It's not just a clever program. It's not just a great event. It's not just a great location. But there's a flow in the house. It is a supernatural flow. It exceeds the pay grade of the pastors. It exceeds the pay grade of the leaders. It is a flow from heaven. The church's job is to redig, is to unblock the wells that flow. Now, Pastor Becky, in, in her magnificent communion message, was talking about, you know, forgiveness. Because it's interesting, the Philistines blocked the flow. And, and in this life, you're, you're going to find, my God, how come that person is getting blessed and that person is getting blessed? But I seem to keep struggling with the same things. It, that's a good thing because God is trying to tell you something's blocking the flow. This, this is just from a secular source, but they say that 87% of all diseases are lifestyle oriented. Let me say this, that, that nearly all sicknesses and diseases come from you carrying something you were never designed to carry. When God created you in a paradisical garden, Eden, a paradise. You were created to walk with God. God is love. You were created to walk in love. You were created to walk in faith. You were created to walk in trust. You were created to experience His goodness. You were never m- created to carry bitterness, resentment. When, when, you, when, when you're abused or misused or go under trauma, these things affect your body. That's why when Pastor Becky said, hey, it's freedom night. Well, I am free. The Bible says, he was a son. yes, yes, no, absolutely. That's what the Bible says. But this is what I found. This is what I found. Demons didn't leave Voluntarily, Jesus had to get them and cast them out. He had to get them and kick them out. You got to drive some stuff out. Jesus paid for your freedom, but these things are squatters. It'll come in to steal your freedom. And, and quite often they need to be unlocked with, they, they remain if you stay in bitterness, in resentment, in unforgiveness. You weren't meant to carry that. I, I had a lady who, who served in <coughs> New Zealand when I was a youth pastor in New Zealand. And I remember she would always wear gloves and this, this one, it was a freezing cold winter and she was uh, in charge of all the ushers uh, for me on a Sunday and they'd forgotten to fold the newsletters. <clears throat> and so I said to her, I said, Joni, sweetheart, we're going to have to fold the newsletters. So she comes in and I could see she was really struggling. she is everything all right? And so she took her gloves off and showed me she had the most crippling arthritis. I said, how long? She, for years, for years. And I said, oh, my God. you know, And so I had to get other some of our youth leaders in. We're folding the newsletters, folding the newsletters. And I could see because of the, the, the cold, she was really struggling. And so I met with her that week. And I said, how long? And, you know, it was about a year after her husband had left her for her best friend. And the Holy Spirit, there's something here. I'm like, Holy Spirit, please don't pray. Like it's a vulnerable moment. But how many people know, you know, he like I'm telling you, if, if he can work through me, he can work through anybody. And uh, I'm like, Holy Spirit, stop interrupting. Go, go ahead, darling. And he's just, we've got no one, that's him. That's okay. And so anyway, so <laughs> I said to her, the Holy Spirit showed me that the reason that she has arthritis it is because she is daily bound with the bitterness and the resentment of what happened. She has not forgiven or let go. Now, forgiven doesn't mean, oh, I just love them. I'm so glad they betrayed No, 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 it doesn't mean that. Forgiveness means, God, I'm going to trust that you are the judge, that I don't have to be the judge. I'm going to trust that you are the God that is going to make justice prevail. I don't have to do that. It's not meant, you're not meant to carry that. And so she, I'll never forget, as she forgave, as she forgave, I promise you, I watched her hands that were crippled from the arthritis. I literally watched. She goes, oh, my God, the pain's gone. And then her hands began to move. Every Sunday, she'd no longer wear gloves. She'd come in. She'd be folding newsletters. She'd be laughing. She was bound with an... In this life, there are things that come in to stop the flow I don't like this church. I think they're too in your face. No, no, darling. The reason we're in your face and the reason we don't back off from preaching the truth is because we're trying to tell you that there are things in your life that you need to repent. Change the way you think that you need to, that you need to get rid of because it is blocking a flow. You're meant to be blessed to be a blessing. Somebody say amen. All right. And the last one, the last one. Oh, dear goodness. All right. The last one. Numero tres, por favor. The third one, the third one is not only terminate terminal healings and miracles, but the third one was from poverty to prosperity from poverty to prosperity. He said, there's going to be a flow in this house where people are going to come in poor, they're going to come in struggling, and they're going to begin to flourish. Now, a lot of people, you know, I get persecuted all the time. They're that prosperity church. They're like Joel Osteen. They're that prosperity church. They're that prosperity church. And I had had one, one pastor recently say that, you know, we teach godliness for gain. And I'm like, well, what? He said, yeah, how do you get around 1 Timothy 6? And so I read 1 Timothy 6, you know, Godliness is gain from such depart. And then the next verse says, um, Godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm like, well, which? Anyway, and so, so but basically he was saying that, you know, the, only, the, o- the reason people aren't going to his church, but they are coming to ours is because we teach that God wants to, you know, bless your bank account. And I said, oh, no, he doesn't just want to bless your bank account. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless every area. The blessing of God is indiscriminate. It'll bless everything. The Bible says, the Bible says when nobody him, took the ark into his house, God blessed everything in his house. Everything in his house was blessed. So that's what we teach. So anyway, so, so, so let's, just, let's just have a look. When Jesus hung on the cross, the Bible says that he became poor so that through his poverty we might become rich. When they nailed Him to the cross, they stripped Him of His garments. They stripped Him of His virtue. They stripped Him of, of any, anything that anybody ever said. That, was, that He was crucified between two thieves, crucified with criminals. The Bible says He was, he, he was placed amongst the transgressors. They put a name above His head. That they, they slandered him. They vilified him. Everything they had was stripped from him. And even the, the Roman soldiers were gambling for the last thing that he had, which was his, his, his uh, garment. They were gambling for that. But Jesus became poor because on that cross, he was breaking the power and the curse of poverty so that you don't have to struggle with the curse of poverty so the blessing comes to you. You can walk in blessing. Now, a lot of people say, well, hang on, whoa, 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 Pastor. The Bible says how, how difficult it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't say how impossible. It just says how difficult. So Jesus has to explain to the disciples, and it's amazing if people just stopped there, if they kept reading, they would see that Jesus explained to the disciples, with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And then Peter pipes up and says, well, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus says, Simon, I tell you. There is nobody who's left houses, lands, brothers, sisters, for my sake and the God, who will not fail to receive 100 times as much in this life with persecutions. So listen, God doesn't mind you. In fact, He wants you to have things. He created the earth not for the wicked. He didn't put all the resources in the earth for George Soros. I know the World Economic Forum are planning on how they can extract it from you. Now, let me just tell you, let me tell you, the 2030 agenda, the Great Reset. In 2030, you'll own nothing, and you'll be very happy. Ha, ha, ha. You'll be happy. Or you'll be shot. It's your two options. I'm happy. I'm really happy. Ha, <laughs> ha. Don't you? So let me just tell you this. The devil knows the Bible. How many you know the devil knows the Scriptures? So the Scripture says that the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Their the, the goal is not, oh, you know, let, let us look after world poverty or we'll look after people who are starving in third world nations because the Bible says you know them by their fruit. Yeah. Beware of false teachers. Well, tell me then, Mr. Klaus Schwab, what are you doing right now for the poor? Oh, Nothing. Uh, 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 Bernie Sanders, how much of you, your you're fine, you're awesome. We want to give everyone free college and free health care, and we got to, you know, help the marginalized, and we got to, you know, uh, how much of your income do you give away? Less than one percent. Oh, but you you're quite benevolent and generous with other people's money. Beware of people that know how to spend your money but don't do it themselves. That's a Judas spirit. Why this waste? This should have been sold and given to the poor. This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and used to steal from the money box. He wasn't helping the poor. He was helping himself. Come on, how many people know that we're going to have a smart people? We're going to have a smart church. Can I just tell you, trust God, don't trust politicians. Trust God, don't trust government. Hold government accountable, trust God. Yeah. All right, so let me let me finish this. So, a lot of people have a problem with, 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 with God, you know, and, and all these pastors that I meet who obviously, 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 their intellect, their theology exceeds mine. you know, they're, they're so much smarter, so much wiser. But in every single one of them, when I talk and I say, well, you know what, well, what should we have? Just enough! Just enough. Just enough for who? Just enough for yourself. So, wow, you and Satan. You're like bosom buddies. When you live with just enough for yourself, I don't know if there could be a more selfish, self-centered. How many people here have ever heard of the story of the Good Samaritan? All right, even if you haven't heard it, you know that, yeah, you know, Good Samaritan, kind of a good thing. We ought to be the Good Samaritan. Do you know the story of the Good Samaritan? The Bible says a, a Jewish guy goes down to Jericho where he falls among thieves and they beat him up and they leave him naked and bleeding, steal all his stuff. And he's on the side of the road. Well, the Bible says a priest comes and sees him and crosses the street, doesn't want to get, doesn't want to get his hands dirty. A Levite who's meant to care, he also does the same thing. But a Samaritan, and as Jesus says Samaritan, they're like, oh, yeah, come on, give it to the Samaritans. Jesus, what he kick him? You stop on him. What happened? She's like, no, no, no. The Samaritan comes and and pours wine and oil on him, puts him on his own donkey, and then takes him to an inn. And he gives the innkeeper two denarii, which is about three months' wages. Gives the innkeeper three months' wages and then says, listen, uh, when I return, if there's any more expenses, if if they're going to like set a bone or give him a blood transfusion or, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll fix it up when I return. And Jesus says, which of these was the neighbor? And and Jesus says, go and do likewise. That's what's the story of the Good Samaritan. Here's the truth. Jesus said, this is what a Christian looks like. Do you know that most Christians are too poor to be a Christian? Jesus said, this is what I'm talking about. This is what love, this is what love thy neighbor looks like. How many Christians do you know can find a stranger, take them to a hospital, and pay for all their medical expenses? Most, oh, if I can just make it through this week, I just, you know, just believe in God for, you know, just enough for me, just enough food on the table, roof over me head. Well, Where, where, where do you get that? It's not in the Bible. God said to Abraham, you're blessed to be a blessing. Galatians 3.13 says, Jesus hung on the cross to break the curse that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. Do you know what was in his house? One son. But you know what was in his destiny, in his vision was sons and daughters as numerous as the sand on the seashore. The blessing on Abraham was greater than what was in his house because it was meant to go outside. When you live for just you, Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites, and God comes to him and says, "Gideon, you, you got to get out of that wine. You got to get out of your wine press mentality." Gideon had a myopic; his vision was all about himself. He just wanted to make enough. You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. You Grapes in a wine press. You thresh wheat in a barn, but he—he he in a wine press could make just enough for himself. What a misery! God's like son. You're not meant to live for yourself. You're meant to save a nation. You're meant to deliver a people. You're meant to do something greater. You're meant to live for more than. If you said to me, "Hey, pastor, I want to be really miserable." How do I become really miserable? I'm just so happy, but I want misery. I would say it's very simple. Reduce your world to where you just live enough for you. In the Lord of the Rings trilogy, there's one miserable little wretch. My precious, them filthy little hobbits, we kill them. Yes, yes, no, no, Master's good, master's no, them Strixie. He's miserable, because he only lives for himself. Do you know there's one miracle? in all four Gospels. It's in Matthew, it's in Mark, it's in Luke, it's in John. It's the only miracle Jesus did that Matthew's like, I'm putting it in, you know, Mark's copying. Jesus, Mark's copying, Mark's, no, I'm not. You know, he's copying. Luke, Luke, the physician, he's the doctor, he's writing in there as well. And then John, John decides he's going to put and They're like, John, we got it. We write something else. He's like, No, I'm putting in. No, there's three of us. We don't need. And he's, No, I'm writing it. Jesus, tell him we don't need. And it. but it's one miracle. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all four. Do you know what miracle it is? Not raising Lazarus from the dead. It's not calming the storm. Not opening the eyes of the blind. What miracle is it? Feeding the five thousand. Feeding the five thousand. Why? Why? Why this miracle? Why this? Out of all the miracles, why that miracle? Because that miracle represents your life. I am promise I'm landing the plane. That miracle alone represents your life. Let me explain. Jesus has 5,000 men plus women and children. They say anywhere from 12,000 to 20,000 people in front of Him. But He has with Him five loaves and two fish. Five loaves and two fish. And there's 20. So the disciples say, Jesus, send the crowds away because they're hungry. They've been with you for three days. Great preaching, little long three days, send them away. That was great. It was great. Just, just, you probably could have condensed. Anyway, great teaching. Send them away. And she says, no, no, send them down in groups of 50. They're like, we got five loaves and two feet. What, this is the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world will say to you, the vision in front of you, what you see in front of you, the vision before you, if it's greater than the resources with you, diminish the vision down to the Provision. It's too expensive to get a home in San Diego. This is your life. I want to start a company. I want to start a business, but I just don't have the capital. I don't have the, the financial investment. I don't have the financial backing. This In this life, God will always give you a vision that exceeds the provision with you. And you have two choices. Do you do you lower the vision down to the provision or do you do what Jesus did? Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up. He doesn't look out at the problem. He doesn't look down at the insufficiency. He looks up. The Bible says, I will lift my eyes to the hills from where comes my salvation. My salvation comes from the Lord. All breakthrough comes. What do you do every Sunday to awaken? Every Sunday awaken we get people to lift up their eyes and see that God is good. That God God is almighty. The God sits on the throne. He is all powerful. Looking up to heaven, he took the five loaves. He blessed it. He didn't curse it. He blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples. The Bible says that all the people ate and were satisfied. All the people ate and were satisfied. I promise I'm finishing. All the people ate and were satisfied. And then Jesus does this. This is this is the, this is the, the clincher right here. Jesus then says to the disciples, He says, now go, collect the basketfuls of leftovers. They're like, what? People were coming up and grumbling like handfuls and saying this is for their friend and we know they don't even have any friends and we were hoping there'd be just enough. He says, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Five loaves, two fish. Thousands of people. Is that possible? That is not possible. He said, but it just happened. Everybody ate and was satisfied. Uh He says, so that means Papa had to be involved. Mm -hmm. If Abba was involved, I want to show you his signature. Go and collect the basketfuls of leftovers. And the Bible says they went and collected basketfuls of leftovers. Senor Cortez, do you know how many leftover baskets there were? 12. There were 12 basketfuls of leftovers. How many disciples were there? 12 disciples. So that means that there was one basket full. They collected 12 baskets full. Did you know that one basket can't be full on five loaves and two fish? Five loaves and two fish would barely make maybe half a basket. They collected 12 baskets full of leftovers. And If you read your Bible, which we encourage, the next town is a seven mile journey away. Twelve disciples had to carry... How much fervor are we, my feet are, this is heavy. Can I get through another? For the next seven months, and you know that basket? It's like, explain this, explain how I'm here. And their heads are like, I don't, I don't believe that you're here. Yep, yeah, I'm here. Oh, can you feel it? How heavy? Jesus was reprogramming and rewiring their brains for the next seven miles while they're carrying something that should not be there, yet they could feel its weight. And it was preaching to them that when Papa God gets involved, he's not the God that he didn't He didn't do just enough. God always does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask. or think he's a God of abundance. He wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Now listen to me. If you have a problem with stuff, if you say, Well, listen, Pastor, if you know, if this year, if I made ten million dollars, I don't trust myself. Listen, make an appointment with Pastor John. He could sit down with you with a ledger and say, Well, how much do you need? Well, I don't know, maybe maybe a million. We'll we'll help you with the other nine million. No, no, no. There's no law that says if you make it, you have to keep it. Not in the IRS, not in the Bible but you're meant to be blessed to be a blessing. We have orphanages in Mexico. We have rehab centers. We have other buildings that we need to buy. We have land that we're purchasing. We have eight villages we look after in in Peru. We built a hospital in Ghana. You're, You're blessed to be a blessing. You're meant to live in overflow. You're meant to live in abundance. Don't let a poverty mentality and don't let a religious lying demon steal what God has. Well, you know, I'm just scared that if I get wealth, that I'll stop trusting God. That's why every Sunday we have an awkward time in the service that tweaks people, where, oh, someone's getting up to talk about giving. <laughs> and, and it's good for you, because giving people don't greed, and greedy people don't give. So I found that the antidote to greed is giving, is generosity. You'll know if money has you because you can't give it. You'll know if you have money because you have power over it. If you own something and you can't give it, you don't own it. It owns you. But if you have something and you can give it, then you are Anyway, lift your hands to heaven. Father, I thank you right now for the power of God. I thank you for a flow. I thank you, Father, for a flow of healing over bodies. Father, I thank you for beautiful Nicole. I thank you, Lord God, that not one trace of cancer is in that beautiful young lady's body. Pray for Josh right now. power of God is on him, healing him. Thank you. With a long life, sweetheart, with long life, I satisfy you. Psalm 91 is going to be your life scripture. Psalm 91, with a long life, with a long life, with a long life. Father, I thank you. I break every curse in Jesus' name. I break the curse of cancer. I break the curse of sickness. I break the curse of disease. And I break the curse of poverty. I break it. 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 Mikey Mushlin, I I see there's a a generational cycle. Uh, It's it's interesting because your your, your brother broke through in a number of areas, but for you, it's been an ebb and flow and an ebb and flow. And I just see the hand of God on you. Even this year, you're going to get a a breakthrough. There's a severance that needs to happen and a redigging of of a well that the Philistines of the enemy has blocked over the the Mushlin family. You're going to break it this year in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those who are believing for... to conceive believing for conception father i thank you for babies there are other people you've been barren in hope you've been barren in ideas you've been barren in innovation you know you're meant to be a business owner but you don't know where to start or or maybe the, i feel the holy spirit saying there's some people here and you went through a, a, like a very turbulent horrific breakup and now your heart says I, I i don't know if i could go through that again and your heart stopped hoping you, you still long, you still long to be married. You still long to have somebody that you care for, that cares for you, but the pain. And I just see God saying, forgive, let go, let God heal the pain. And then what is barren is going to be fruitful. You're going to dream again. You're going to believe again. You're going to hope again. This is a hope house. Jesus is the greatest hope dealer in every city. Father, let hope spring forth here. And Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ for prosperity, for blessing. We're going to open up the altar. The the ministry team's going to come down. We have a response lounge. If your life is not right with Jesus, let us give you a Bible. Let us give you a following Jesus book. Let somebody pray with you. If you brought someone who's away, take them over there. Let's get them prayed for. Church, we love you. Take somebody out for lunch. We're going to see you on Wednesday night. It is going to be powerful. Sign up for baptisms. We love you, church. God bless you. Hug somebody, love somebody, and take someone out for lunch. God bless.